Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And I think uh, a difference in our sports fandom is the NBA is back tonight. And Matt, you're watching the NBA. I am watching a non-Brewers MLB game because that I care more about. Well, I watched uh, a fair amount of those. Uh, Non-Brewers, non-Cubs, non, you know, didn't matter who over the last few days. But now we're, you know, we're actually going to have multiple options here. Like Saturday, there's going to be hockey, basketball, baseball, and golf on. I'm kind of, well, no, I'm not kind of. I'm very excited by that. I was going to say, have you have you worked out a plan? I feel like you have. I haven't really, no. And I'm excited to not have a plan. I'm excited to, to like, you know, so many times lately it's been like, well, there's one thing on, I'll watch that. I'm excited to just, like, you know, work the remote, <laughs> go back and forth. I, I get it. I get it. So... Baseball's back with uh, some false starts. Basketball's starting tonight. Uh, the yep. bubble concept for basketball and hockey both seem to be going well. Both have had multiple rounds of all-clear yeah. testing. And it seems like, uh, I mean, you know, I know it was not as big a sport. and not a sport that you and I follow with great interest, but the MLS has been there for, you know what, three, four weeks now. They started early July, I think, didn't they? And that was games. Um, and seems like things have gone pretty well. I mean, they had a couple teams drop out early because of, you know, positive cases from when they showed up, but not since they've gotten there. Yeah, it's been interesting. It does, you know, we've talked about this. It, it does put into, you know, the mind what the NFL still has time, right? A little bit. Is there a way to go to a bubble concept somehow for the NFL? I'm not, and I don't know. I don't think there. I think there probably isn't, and that's why you're seeing a lot of players opt out. Right. I mean, I just don't think that there is. I think it's, um, you know, I mean, you just when you when you when you factor in the number of people that you have to accommodate. I mean, you're looking at if you did it for training camp, you're looking at upwards of a hundred people times thirty-two teams with with just players and coaches. That's not equipment guys. That's not trainers. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at probably realistically 150 people times 32. And, and then, yeah, you cut that down some after camp, but you can't cut it down a tremendous amount because you'd have to have a practice squad. You have, you know, kind of like what baseball is doing with their alternate site teams. Um, you know, you'd have to have guys available for injuries and, you know, just everyday occurrences, not just, you know, COVID tests, but, you know, guys get hurt football. Uh, you know, so I, I just don't know that you can. And we've talked about, too, the logistics of where would you do it? There, there's there's only maybe a handful of places you can even choose to that has enough fields to accommodate it. Yeah, I, I guess where my head is at with this is we've seen the struggles baseball's having. Um, you know, multiple, you know, in the first week, multiple teams are having to Man. postpone games. Um, you know, we... I think we just saw that the Phillies series is getting postponed this week. Uh, yes, yeah. For the weekend. Yeah, or, yeah. And it's just, you know, whereas with the NBA and the NHL, it's proven that if you can get into a confined space and keep it out, yeah, it, yeah. it I mean, works. It's, it's working. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I guess I guess we'll see. Um, you know, baseball is is pressing on, and yes, it's affecting multiple teams, but it's really emanating from one team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and and so you know, obviously, with the schedule being as tight as it is, this is the problem with their their dawdling that they did 
months of June and July in, you know, getting a deal done is they built themselves no flexibility. You know, they, they, you know, in order to finish by the end of October, which is their, you know, stated goal, they don't have flexibility to take, you know, seven days off and then restart. Well, and one thing that's becoming clear as a fan is you're going to have to just accept that these things are going to all happen on the fly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I saw that the players' union is leaning towards doing seven inning doubleheaders. Makeup games. Yeah, because because yeah. you need yeah. to protect pitchers, but there's just mm-hmm. not enough time. You know, the teams yeah. don't have off days built in. I think I saw something no. like in, in 60 games, the Brewers have six off days this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, today's yeah. one I mean, of them. You know, they've <laughs> they've given themselves very little flexibility um, to, to reschedule things, and you know, they they were smart. I will say this, and I and I wonder if they'll do the same because I you know, okay, the Phillies and Blue Jays we're supposed to play this weekend and the nationals were supposed to play the Marlins seem logical to then have the blue Jays play the nationals because yeah. they're playing them at some point. Why couldn't you, you know, and they did this with Yankees Orioles Yankees and Orioles weren't supposed to play yesterday and today, but they moved it because those were the teams that were supposed to play the Marlins and the Phillies. So you, you know, since it's early, you still have a little flexibility with that where you can move matchups around. And I, I haven't heard if they're planning to do that, but it would make sense. Yeah, well, and the other thing about this schedule is there's n- not a balance. Like, when you look at right. it, you're playing an uneven amount of home and road against teams. Exactly, uh, exactly. You know, and often uh, an uneven amount of games between the right. teams. So, right, and it's, I mean, it, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to say, like, you know, I knew this was coming, but, it, it, you know, we, we talked for a few months about this, and, and more than once I know I've said, you know, we just need to accept that sports – in the short term, are going to be weird. They're going to be disjointed. They're, they're not necessarily going to be the fair concepts that we like to draw up where every team plays the same amount of games against a relatively balanced schedule. Just I don't think that's possible. And, you know, my, my thought is, and I guess baseball shares my thought, at least as of now, is like, you know, we don't need to shut down the entire enterprise of 30 teams because of one or two teams that are affected. We just have to go forward without them for the time being and bring them back when they can and and you know when it gets to october if every team hasn't played 60 games oh well like i mean it's not great would i love it if it worked out equally yeah but i I don't know that that's possible yeah and we have just decided to change a lot of the rules this season anyway yeah this will forever be a season you know marked and or marred by what's happening yeah, you know, yeah. But I mean, the DH, you know, the, whole... the runner starting on second base, the right, you know, right. the seven inning doubleheader. Some of these, I believe, are to save pitching. I believe that the runner on second does save pitching because sure, sure. You know, the, I mean, the idea is to not have the the nineteen and twenty inning games. Not that they happen often, but to avoid them happening at all. Uh, you know, the, the Dodgers and Astros going thirteen last night was probably you know kind of not exactly what they're looking for. Uh, I mean, their their hope, I think, is that extra innings will be over in you know one or two extra innings at most, the majority, mm-hmm. if not all the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of you know sports talk chatter about you know is there an asterisk on the NBA champion or the Stanley Cup or the World Series? Uh, do we need an asterisk actually printed in the rep books, which aren't printed anymore? Uh, no, but you know, in our minds, will we always sort of look at the 2020 year and, and just know that it's a little different? 
Yeah. In the same way that the 1999 NBA season is a little different and the 1982 NFL season when they only played nine games. And, and you know, I mean, the, their seasons in – or I think that was 82, one of the years in the 80s. Uh, the 81 baseball season, they played a short schedule. Not everybody played the same amount because they had a strike in the middle. Like, it's just the way it is. You know, we, we have these, and this is this is the latest. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly interesting. And, and I think the, the next place I want to go with this is the way it's impacting college sports. Um, every conference has uh, – every one of the Power Five now – I believe, except for the Big 12, has announced their plan in some form. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ACC plus Notre Dame is going to do an 11-game schedule with a non one non-conference opponent. The SEC, Big well, 10. Now, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that changes based on what you're going to say the SEC announced. Yeah, the SEC, Big 10, and Pac-12 all announced that they are not going to have any non-conference opponents, uh, which screws up the... Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina. It does. It's a it's a shame as far as I'm concerned. Like I, I realize we gotta we gotta make some you know adjustments mentally, but it does not make sense to me that South Carolina can play Missouri, but they can't play Clemson. That that just that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to allow for, for travel halfway across the country, you can't go up the road. Uh, that just doesn't doesn't add up yeah i'm you know i i think you can read between the lines from where i've been when we've talked about this when we were recording the last you know few months i i'm of a mind that i i still don't think college football plays uh, you know i'm not it's not a prediction it, you know it's my my hunch is you're gonna see a lot of guys who don't want to risk it and a lot of guys who don't think it's worth it to risk it and and a lot of states that tell you it's not happening. Um, yeah, I mean, you you might have. Well, I mean, we've already had the Virginia Tech guy. Uh, you know, he, he's the first that says he's going to sit out the year and prepare for the draft. And I don't think he's going to be alone. Um, you know, guys who who are in pretty good shape for the draft or you know have a chance to go in the first you know three four rounds, there will probably be others. I'm sure. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. Here's what I can say. I, I would say as a prediction, if there's no college football, then we better be ready for, you know, a future, not just one year, but a future with with radically altered NCAA. Radically altered. And I, uh, I think know, we're that. heading to that, though. This is part of the issue. The NCAA didn't do anything here to set guidelines. And I understand that it effectively works for the conferences right but it's the overarching thing and it set no consistent guidelines no. for how these things are supposed to operate and that basically turns the keys over to the school presidents which is fine i i think there's an argument that the schools know better but at that point the schools know better for everything so why and, and they're going to have different opinions and so you know, i mean that's the that's the thing. I mean, we've, we've seen that, and I'm, not that I want to dive too much into this, but we've seen that just in general with the response to this throughout the country is having 50 different plans. Well, there's, you know, 50 different philosophies. And that's, that. I mean, that's what we were built on. Like it or not, we were built on that system that the states are supposed to be able to make their own decisions. And But, um, you know, we've, we've seen the problems and the flaws in that a little bit. 
we're seeing the flaw. I mean, the NCAA model isn't isn't altogether different from how the, how the federal and state government works. Um, and yet, yeah, it's, it's you know this is illustrating some of the problems with it. Well, and I wonder if this gives you an insight if you're the teams and you're the Power Five conferences. Mm-hmm. Do you give some thought to the idea of like, well, we don't need the NCAA for football anymore? Oh, yeah. You know, I can see that. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we I mean, don't need that. We're we're going to do our own thing. Or, I mean, the radical, radical idea that I had, which there's, I've not heard anywhere, I don't think is actually a thing. Yeah. But the radical idea is, what if 64 schools decide, hey, we're gonna play, we're gonna pay our basketball players because we need yeah. to compete with the G League. So yeah. we're just gonna create our own, you know, 64 team. You know, break it down yeah. into, you know, what is that? Eight conferences Regional of eight. Yeah. Eight, eight of eight or, or four of 16 with divisions or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And we're going to yeah. have, you know, and then our tournament's only going to be 16 teams. We're going to have yeah. the, you know, the regular season and the postseason winner. It'd be, it'd be very interesting with basketball. I mean, we're almost talking two different, two different animals here with football and basketball because the tournament is such a moneymaker for everybody. And, and so, you know, you wonder if there's enough appetite to risk that with basketball, even though your point is well taken that if let, let's say, let's say the ACC, the SEC, the big 10, the big 12 and the Pac 12, the power five in football and, or throw in the big East as well. Maybe you go to 80 or whatever, they all come together or even half of them come together and say, we're going to do what you're saying. Well, that tremendously dents the NCAA tournament. I mean, hugely the NCAA tournament doesn't work if you don't have total buy-in from the powers of of the sport but i just don't know if there's the appetite to take that risk yeah and and i don't know i don't know if this is the market for it but i i do wonder if there's a thought process here of espn owns the bulls yeah you know i don't know when cbs and t and turner's deal with the ncaa ends for basketball well i think it goes a while I mean, I, I think they signed a massive deal just a few years ago. So I, I, I don't know for sure, but I mean, I think it's got at least probably four or five years left. Yeah, I mean, because the beneficiary of that in the short term is the small schools. Right. Because then right. they're splitting a much higher revenue base. Right, right. But in we, the... We've got a... It, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you. Remember what you were going to say there. But, you know, it's just... It's bizarre because... Like the college sports model, when you look at it from a from afar, if you look at it from ten thousand feet, it really doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. We we prop up small schools, we prop up small sports with two sports from big schools, <laughs> and 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 we don't pay the athletes. And I mean, we we've discussed that. And you do wonder if this is the impetus for for some folks, and then eventually all folks to realize this doesn't make sense. Let's figure out a different way to do this. Yeah, well, when you're not paying people and you're asking them to play in these situations and you have guys who are able to go make money, right? you know, right. the NFL doesn't have the G League. But I think for no. basketball, you'll see this. I understand, and I'm just going to use him because he's coming to ASU. I understand uh-huh. Josh Christopher signed his letter of intent. Yeah, Guys sign letters of intent in baseball all the time. And oh, then sure. don't go. If yeah. this happens and things are iffy, does he call the G League and say, "All right, I'll take the hundred grand"? I wouldn't be surprised. I, you know, I hope not. 
but I, I think we should be prepared for that possibility. I have been from the moment he committed, <laughs> you know, and, and, and even more so as, as things extend. And, yeah, I, I think there's a possibility of that, sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, um, you know, we, you and I have had a lot of discussions over the years about college sports and our opinions on whether athletes should be able to make money, should be paid, however you want to term it. And I think we're mostly on the same page with that. And I, and I've said this to you before, I think that, you know, I feel like if you could, if you could get, and and there are people out there, there are people out there in the, in the United States who have zero idea how college sports work. None. They just don't care. They're not sports fans. They don't care. And if you could pull a, you know, a group of them and, and say, you know, well, this is how this system works. Let me go through it. Here, here's how it works financially. They'd probably look at it and be like, what? Who created this? You know, I mean, we, we prop up 30 NCAA sports with the money from two, basically. Um, we, you know, more than 30. Uh, we, we, you know, we don't pay the athletes that bring in the money. We pay the coaches exorbitant sums, but the athletes don't get any of that. Uh, their, their, you know, their compensation is an education that they really can't take that much advantage of anyway, because they're asked to travel, you know, a bunch of weeks during the middle of the week to go play, you know, basketball games, baseball games, softball games, whatever it is, uh, you know, these games are all over the place and, and, you know, we've, we've geographically realigned where, you know, the ACC is going to do their own conference, but Boston college is going to play Miami. That's not geographic. Miami is going to play Notre Dame. (laughs) Right, right. You know, I mean, so, so these, this whole idea of conference only, and I, you know, I hear Kornheiser today say, you know, well, you know, conference only makes sense because then you can keep it regional. It's not regional. If Notre Dame wanted to keep it regional, they'd play the Big Ten, but not really because the Big Ten now extends to Maryland and Rutgers. So that's not even really the case. I mean, you know, there, there is no, the major conferences aren't regional. The Big 12 is the closest, but they go but to West Virginia. West Virginia. Right. You know, I mean, that's the outlier. Uh, you know, the rest are all, you got, you know, the majority in Texas and Oklahoma, Kansas, you know, eight of your 10 and then Iowa State. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you have West Virginia, that kind of throws that out the water. But, you know, the SEC stretches from the Atlantic Ocean to Missouri uh, and Texas. The, you know, the Pac-12 has never really been that regional, but, it you know, it stretches from Tucson to Seattle. That's not close. Tucson to uh, Seattle you know, and out to Denver, out to Boulder. And out to Denver now, right, <laughs> in Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's not close. Um, uh, you know, a flight from Phoenix to Seattle is like a three-hour flight or something like that. So it, it's, not a, it's not a quick trip. You can get to, you know, Iowa quicker than you can get to Seattle from Arizona. So, yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. And, and, you know, I'm not – necessarily suggesting that a radical change in college sports is bad but we got to be prepared as fans for the downside and there are there will be unintended consequences and you know i mean look it's just it's, un, it's the unfortunate nature of things but if there's no college football season a lot of people are going to lose their jobs it, it just will that a lot of people in college athletics will lose their jobs and they won't get them back because Athletic departments will have to cut. They'll have to cut sports, which means support staff goes, which means coaches go. Um, you know, so it's, it, you know, while it's, and I get it, you know, I see the people on Twitter, oh, this is all about money. It is all about money, no doubt. But we got to realize the domino effect is it's not just about money for the people like Michael Crow who like to, you know, stuff their wallets and, and live in the high life. It's also about money for the people who depend on these jobs. 
and so that that you know I'm not not saying the NCAA is altruistic here, but we do have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I I do think that there are a lot of people whose livelihoods are at stake, and, and there are people's futures. If there's not a season, and you're, you know, this was in a hypothetical world, this was going to be your year, and you were going to go Joe Burrow on people. Right. Uh, true. You know. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even thinking about that. You're right. I mean, you know, like it's it's just one of those things. I'm not I'm not necessarily advocating that I've got the answer. I don't. I don't know that anybody does. Um, but I, I just think you know, I guess I, I read the knee jerk reaction of like, well, you know, we can't play college football because it's uh, it's not fair to these kids. And you may believe that, but I just I I mean, not that anybody's listening except you. But I do think it's important to know that like you know. Yeah, the playing of college football, you only look at the players on the field. You can make a very valid point that they should be compensated for that. I agree. But it has domino effects. It's not just that, you know, the fans want to sit around and watch college game day and, and the Rose Bowl. and they, they do, no doubt. And the networks want that and the conferences want that. And I'm not, not denying that the big money people want this to happen so they can continue to have big money. But it also, you know, it, it rolls downhill. Yeah. I and I understand that. I'm I'm curious what will happen in terms of risk aversion. You know, obviously we saw with the kid from Virginia Tech and and people right. like that, but that's a kid who's got a first round grade, everyone's pretty sure. Sure. You know, sure. but, and, but and, we, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some more who join him. I I don't anticipate. I think we always do this that, you know, one I mean I've been guilty of this, you know, when Brandon Jennings took the route to go to Europe and we think, well, here comes the flood. And it's not really a flood. There are a few, a few who followed in his footsteps and there are a few more. And, uh, you know, it's an alternative for guys, but it's not a flood. And I, I don't anticipate it to be a flood here. I, will you see others? I'm certain he won't be alone. I'm certain probably within the next few days we'll hear of others. Um, but I don't, I don't anticipate it'll be a flood of hundreds of guys. Because there's, there's not a hundreds of guys who, who can say they're secure in their futures to play football. Well, but see, I my curiosity is the other way. I, I'm wondering if you're going to see the bottom also fall out. You know, you're a six-year senior. You've had a couple knee surgeries. This is the end. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you want to risk it for this, for this weird-looking season? Might, you might. The, the interesting thing would be if we even know that. You know, because those are the guys who don't generate headlines. I mean, we might know it for ASU because we follow ASU. And, and, and if you're an Ohio State fan, you might know it for Ohio State. Or, But, you know, will it will it generate headlines? Unless unless a team, you know, ends up with only, you know, 50 scholarship guys or something, then, yeah, it would. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the guy like that who may not play much anyway, who's, who's just kind of, you know, filling out the rest of their time, and they might have made that decision anyway. We've seen that happen before. You know, those those guys, it's like, yep, this is it. And they may be more likely to do so now, sure. Yeah, I so I just wonder that, you know, but broadly, do, do you yeah. see, uh, you know, the cream of the crop, the juniors, the redshirt sophomores, the seniors who yeah. feel content, but, but also if the bottom third of your roster decides, uh, this isn't for me, yeah, and, and I know might, that's. A, I know some. that's. You'll probably have some. I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a, an overwhelming one way or the other. I mean, you know, a lot. Like you, you can't discount that some of these guys, those bottom third guys, this might be their last chance to be part of a football team, 
and so they they may say you know I'm I'm doing it I you know I don't care uh, this is what I love I've played high school football I, you know and I've gone through the motions and and I'm not going to play in the pros I'm not going to even you know I'm not going to have a chance to play in the CFL so I'm I'm going to do it and you might have some guys who say yeah this is it I'm going to go ahead and just get my degree and move on and sure you know I think you'll probably have some of both yeah I, I you know and obviously college football is not the NFL. It's not like there are 53 guys. So if you have, you know, right. 16 leave, you're devastated. And in, in that, you might just not have right. double numbers anymore. There's always, yeah, exactly. You know, there's always other guys in the pipeline. There's preferred walk-ons. And, and that's the thing is that there will be other guys, you know, let's say a situation like that happens where a team is down to, you know, 60 or 70 guys. There will be a, a you know, a line of, of kids who just left high school who will say, well, you need walk-ons i'll help you um you know because there's there's an appeal to that and maybe you get a scholarship maybe you don't who knows but um i don't know i mean you know we'll we'll see i think it's uh i I don't know if you noticed this because it didn't get a lot of play but it it got some play in the golf world you know the acc puts this out yesterday about playing football but then says they're (laughs) they're canceling the fall season of golf how does that make sense I mean, you know, so it's okay to play football, but you can't play golf. That doesn't add up at all. Well, that's your money argument. It is. That's absolutely, you know, but it, but it, it's like, it's one of those that doesn't even pass the laugh test. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting to see. I, mean, I, get, you know, I get it. I mean, I get it financially, but it, but you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't hold up to logic. Right. The, the pretzel twisting that, leagues and commissioners are engaging in uh to bend themselves into a a position that they think is acceptable right right right. you know and and i think that you know the whole conference only thing we i mean we've already discussed this some but that's a perfect example like you know if the sec was really concerned about you know let's let's limit travel there's a ton of schools in the southeast a ton they could say, look, there, you know, we're gonna we're gonna break up the conference into, you know, three divisions this year, four divisions, maybe something like that. And, you know, Alabama will play Auburn, they'll play Mississippi, they'll play Mississippi State, um, you know, Florida will play, but but allow out, you know, allow out of comes too. Work with the ACC. Florida can play Florida State and Miami. But to say it's conference only, so Florida can't play Florida State or Miami or Florida Atlantic or Florida International or any of the schools in Florida. But they can go to Missouri. That yeah. just does not make sense. Well, and that that would have been if there weren't so much TV money involved. That would have been a radical realignment that might have worked this year. Uh, Oregon, Washington, and Northern California is yeah. a, is a conference, and that gives yeah. Fresno State and right. somebody else, somebody you know, somebody to play. And then it's right. you know the LA schools, the San Diego schools, and the Nevada schools, and then. Yeah. The Arizona schools, New Mexico, Arizona, New, New Mexico, Mexico State, Colorado, Colorado and, State, Utah, BYU. Right. You know. And, or, or throw West Texas into there. If there you know, if there's some schools in Texas Utah. that could, you know, or something. Yeah, yeah, you know. Or um, Texas is its own. Texas and Oklahoma. Right. You could. Oh, sure. I mean, you could you could have. You used to with the Southwest Conference. You basically had Texas and Oklahoma, and that was it, you know. But, but yeah, I mean, nobody, like, this is all window dressing as far as I'm concerned. It's all like, you know, well, let's show how we're concerned. We'll go to conference only conference only uh, yeah that's just going to put more money in your coffers if the sec is able to pull this off and that's a big if admittedly but they go from eight conference games per team to 10 which means 
more money in their TV deal, probably. Yeah, that's true. Same for the ACC. Both of those normally play eight a year. Now they're going to ten. You know, now now they don't have the the guarantee games. I mean, yeah, it hurts the the you know cupcake win, but from the bottom line, you know, Clemson probably makes more money playing, uh, you know, Virginia Tech and Pitt than they do Furman and Charleston Southern because they don't have to pay out. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's certainly. It's funny, I was listening to Mark Marin on his podcast, and he was talking about how the one thing that this is doing is you, you're by yourself enough where you, you see your real self, and he was doing it as part of a, a longer monologue, but I feel like that's very true about college sports. Like, yeah, we're seeing yeah. you for who you are now, college sports. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, and I, I don't know this to be 100% true, but I've, I've read it, and I think it is true. I believe we are the only country that has it, you know, their their colleges play organized sports. I don't think there's another model out there like us. Am I am I wrong? Do you know of any? I I don't. The only thing that pops into my mind is the uh, Oxford Cambridge wine tasting competition I saw in real sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but it's it's not like if you're a if you're a young, you know, well, wait, 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 high does school, Canada? Does Canada? Does Canada? I don't know because I I know some. that they're they do have some college sports up there. They do, they do. You know, but I, I'm think again. I mean, I guess I'm thinking of Europe. Like, if you're a young soccer player, you're a young golfer. You know, if you're going to go to college, I mean, it happens all the time with these European golfers. They come to college over here. They yeah. don't go to college in Europe because they don't have a college golf program. Yeah, and it's all club stuff. For, right, you know, and, for and, soccer and, you know, and things mean, like for that. For soccer, God, they get you in the pipeline at 14. You know, Manchester United, and I mean, all the teams. I think they have, you know, the youth programs, and 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 you're in the pipeline as a as a teenager. So you're not going to college to play sports. So you know, again, that's another way that it's like, you know, you, you take somebody. I mean, I've always used the alien, you know, test. Like, you know, bring bring the alien down from you know the other planets and have a look at the way we do things, and they'd be like. Well, this doesn't make any sense at all. Why would they go to college? Why wouldn't you just have like a academy where they could train and be a, an athlete? Yeah, and that's what IMG, IMG did build. It is. It yeah. is. I mean, it, but it's but it's what we've come to know and love. And I I don't think this is. I mean, in no way am I saying this is the end of college sports. I don't think it is. There's, well, there's way too many people with yeah. way too much money on the line. I was going to say, what, what's the phrase, too big to fail? College right. sports in America right. is too big to fail. It I, is. It is. And I think yes. it would and, be bailed out financially. Oh, I think was. so too. Yeah. And, and you know, I can't criticize that one bit because I'm a part of it. Uh, you know, I mean, how many how many games have I gone? I've spent money going to games. I've spent money on travel. Uh, you know, I've... I've watch ESPN and CBS and Fox and NBC and ABC and I, I, I eat it up um, so I can't criticize it by any means because I'm a part of it and there's billions of others or millions of others like me I should say in the in the country um, so you know yeah I don't think it's going to be the end of college sports but I I do wonder if you know is it the end of the NCAA I'm hesitant to say that but it, the NCAA might look and feel a lot different in a few years. Uh, you know, it, it, it could be the demise of a lot of college sports. Not football, not men's basketball, probably not women's basketball. But 
I don't know that I'd feel good about any other sports future. Let's say that. Yeah, I would say your uh, your swim and dive, your wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw ASU announced, tennis. I believe, that every swimmer uh, was redshirting. Yeah. I saw that too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and that sounds good, but will they be back in 21-22? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. Uh, you know, not that I care that much about ASU swimming and diving, but for the people who are involved in it, I hope they are. I'm not rooting against it at all, but I, I, I just don't know. Um, you know, because, again, if there's no football – and I think that's a big if. But if there isn't football, and you put that on the heels of not having an NCAA basketball tournament this past year, that's a big chunk of change that is now lost to every athletic department. Just yeah. didn't get it. And somebody's going to take the loss. And it's not football and basketball. That's the thing. Like, they, they prop up the other sports that are going to be sacrificed. Yeah. It's, it's certainly an interesting structure and you the, the cracks are the cracks are being exposed the pay they are the the licensing and likeness rights which are sure. reopening it seems like um you know that issue it, yeah all of the oh, things that the oh, ncaa yeah. has has laid down yeah s- appears to be unwinding itself i agree I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, and and it, the schools. I want to add one more thing. And the schools have started to not respect the NCAA, as we've seen with major basketball programs saying, "Right, yeah, we're not going to just self-suspend anymore. You, <laughs> right, you right. want us out, you have to say we're not going to the you tournament." You do it. Yep, exactly. And 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 even when they, you know, they come with all these allegations for Kansas, Kansas is basically standing up and saying, "Okay, prove it." You know. Prove yeah. It. In fact, we're going to have them. Snoop Dogg come and shoot a money cannon. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there there is a uh, there is a, a bold sort of you know uh, sticking out their chest and saying, "Come get us." Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, this has been this is not new, but it has certainly been illustrated these past few months that the lack of of you know one leader, whether it be a group that runs the NCAA or a person. Is, is where we see the big difference between pro sports and college sports. Because, yeah, I'm sure Adam Silver got a lot of input on how to do things. But he was the final authority. We knew it, and he, he was the final authority. Roger Goodell's the final authority in the NFL. Does he get input from owners and other? Absolutely. Yeah, but, but he unilaterally said we're canceling the preseason, to your right. point. <laughs> right, you know, and, and, and so there's one person who can stand up and say, this is what we're doing coming back on this day yeah they got a bargain with the players i'm not you know it's it's not a dictatorship but there is there's there's an authority there and that authority doesn't exist certainly doesn't exist with college football doesn't they don't put on the championships we you know that's that's always been one of those like i remember when i was a little kid realizing that because you don't think about that you think well the ncaa they run college sports uh they have nothing to do with the football championship in division one fbs absolutely nothing and so they can't, they can't control it. The NCAA could come out tomorrow and say, football can't happen. And these conferences and schools could say, oh, yes, it can. Yeah, true. You know, they, they were able to unilaterally cancel the championships for spring, and, and that basically shut down. You know, yeah, the conferences could have kept going with baseball, but there was no end point. You know, if you're not going to have the College World Series, what's the point of having a baseball season? But football, they got no control over it. Yeah. It, it's going to be 
a very interesting sports world in the next three months with with sports to watch you know what's gonna happen how will things shake out you know to bring it back it's becoming interesting if you like sports you'll have games to watch and if you like the business of sports oh sure you're gonna have a lot to look at a lot to follow yeah yeah i mean you know it, it has been it has been interesting it will continue to be um you know at at a certain point they're going to reintroduce fans and how is that going to be done um because they have to you know i mean these these leagues are not built to just go on indefinitely without fans in the stands because they you know i mean maybe not the average joe like you and me but they need the corporate suits they need those luxury boxes full they you know and and you can't have those without having fans in the stands so, you know, they're going to reintroduce that and how's that going to go and how we get to that. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. It, you know, it'll be a, an interesting few months um, to, to see where we shake out, where we sit, you know, six months from now, a year from now, things like that. I did find it interesting. And I, and your point is kind of a, uh, leads me to this, that a while ago, you know, maybe a week ago, which feels like an eternity right now. Um, Michelle Roberts came out the NBPA leader and said, well, look, we're preparing to have to play in the bubble all next season. Right. Right. And it puts it, you know, when it, when she first said, I was like, that's a weird take for the player. But, but what you said makes it make a ton of sense, which is, well, they get paid if they play the games, they don't care if, you know, they want the stadium to be, or the arena to be full because it's more money for the revenue sharing. Right, but they get paid per game under their contracts, and exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that will be a last ditch resort for the NBA to do. I mean, I get, you know, yeah, it could be done now. Would they lock the players out? I, I mean, know. I, you know, they have the ability to end the CBA. Um, you know, I guess that that ability exists. Um, but I, I just. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I guess I, I don't know anything for sure. Um, I know they've said, you know, our intent is to be back in home arenas. And, you know, that comment from Michelle Roberts drew some some quick responses from teams saying, hey, we're planning to be back. You know, that's a that's a bad comment when you're trying to sell season tickets. And they are. I mean, I was watching some of the Spurs scrimmage this past week, which, you know, it was on NBA TV, but it was the local broadcast. And they're putting up ads about 2020-21 season tickets. And I'm thinking, I hope. Fingers crossed. You know, so you're, you're trying to sell those tickets and to have her come out and say, well, we might not be there all next year. You know, and, and I saw the Heat were one team that said, you know, we're planning to be back and have a full arena. And I'm like, well, that's great. Love the plan. Hope it happens. Yeah. I guess it's good to, good to be optimistic with that. I mean, you know, you, you have to be. They, uh, look, the I, Heat I, well, don't have a whole, a uh, whole full arena at tip off. I know all the time. I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when they were winning championships, they didn't uh, have a full arena every hey, game. Uh, playing yeah, in the bubble yeah. for the first quarter and a half for the Heat is <laughs> just going to look like a home game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I've, I've made uh, similar thoughts with watching some of these baseball games. You know, like in Oakland, like, well, this just feels like a normal Oakland game. There's no one there. Yeah. Giant bears that fill the seats, which as a as a note, I love the giant bears that fill the seats in Oakland. And I want one. When when all is said and done, I hope they sell them and I'd buy one. I bet they will and I bet you that's can. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, selfishly, I'm looking forward to the day when fans are back because I like going to games. You know that, and and um, I know you do too. You know, and and so I, you know, I want that day to come, and and uh, you know, we'll we'll see when it does. I guess. Yeah. Um. ASU, I think football's recruiting is still going and they're dipping yeah. down to a seventh grader. I feel like that was meriting <laughs> a comment. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. In, in fairness, he'll, he'll be on, uh, the fourth year of the Pierce regime. He'd be yeah. coming in as a freshman. <laughs> if everything goes to plan, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, Hey, hopefully soon we'll have a, a new ASU schedule. They're and, supposed to uh, announce at least broad strokes tomorrow, I believe. Is it tomorrow? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I read that our our extra opponent is supposedly going to be Stanford. That's the that's the thought, at least. Oh, well, fine. We were supposed to miss Stanford and Washington, right? Yeah. So it's going to be one of them. But I did read that that the element of that is that both Stanford and and ASU were only scheduled for four conference home games. So they weren't sure who was going to be the away team. It'll probably be us, yeah. I was guessing. We'll play six <laughs> road games. Why not? They'll probably just schedule us for nine road games. <laughs> be like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. ASU, they can play Oregon State at home, and then they got to go to everybody else. that work? Cool. Hey, if we don't have to play at Reezer, I'm happy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although we have done okay there the last couple times. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. If there yeah. are places I don't want to be, like if there was one conference site that That's I could true. miss. Yeah, I don't know that mine would be that. I mean, it's it's a house of horrors for us, but I think I'd rather not play at like Austin. If there was yeah. one place we could miss, I'd say Austin. Austin's the toughest. Yeah, I just think emotionally. I don't think I can take yeah, another emotional I mean, big Oregon game State's at tough. Oregon. You're right. You're right. Oregon State, like Reeser and and uh, Pullman, whatever the name of that stadium is, Martin Martin yeah. Stadium. Those are the those are the ones that you always feel like you should win, but you never feel great about it until the game is over and you won. Yeah. Oh my God. I the worst schedule we could have is if we've got, you know, if we're seven and one, but our late October game is <laughs> going to Oregon State is at Reeser. Oh dear God. Yeah. And yeah, then right. you know, right yeah. before Arizona, like the other worst <laughs> one would be if Arizona's good. And we're looking ahead, and Oregon State's like one and yeah. seven, and we yeah. lose to them yeah. in Week Nine, and then play Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're right. I I don't want that either. But uh, okay, I didn't know that was supposed to be tomorrow. I mean, I mean, that's becoming soon, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's gonna gonna be uh, as of right now. It sounds like there's gonna be like four or five different Week Ones. Big yeah. Twelve's gonna start at the end of August, and. Pac-12 is going to be, what, September 19th. ACC is second week of September. Yeah, SEC is last weekend of September, which is weird. Uh, and Big Ten hasn't said, but the rumor is first weekend of September. Yeah. Hey, look, everyone's trying to find the way to build in space, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, the SEC's approach is interesting because they're what they're basically doing is saying our space is at the beginning. They're taking the baseball tack which is we're going to start and we're going to go nonstop after that. Yeah. And they, they moved the SEC title game, I guess, to December 19th, apparently. Yeah. They left, I, I believe they left two weeks 
at the or their plan is to leave two weeks at the end and everyone has a common buy. Yeah, yeah. Or so they, or common see, group start, buys. If they start the twenty sixth, that's one, then you got four weekends in well, I guess you got five Saturdays in October. Mm-hmm. Three, ten, seventeen, twenty four, thirty one. So that's six, which gives you four in November. That's 10, and then the first two of the, Yeah, so you'd, you'd play 10 games in 12 weeks before the SEC title game. Yeah. I guess that's that adds up a little, yeah. The uh, be interesting, I mean, we know the Rose Bowl is going to do everything they can to keep that January 1. That's a quick turnaround from the uh, conference championships. Is there a semifinal this year? Yeah. One, I, I wonder what that's going to look like as well. You yeah. Know, with the Bowls yeah. and... Will, oh, sure. will you play? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, will the Arizona Bowl no play? Leadership. Will Arkansas State finally I get to know. avenge you would, that? You would, I don't even know I if mean, they you won. Would think not. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, I mean, you would guess not, but you know, that's God. There's, I mean, the Bulls are there's. If there's 42 Bulls, there's 45 different people making decisions. So, uh, you know, yeah, who knows? You'll have some games that play, some games that don't, probably. Yeah, I would like the Sun Bowl to play because they they play like the second oldest bowl game that's Me been too. consecutive. Me too. You know, it's it's funny you bring that one up because I went last year. You know, and and I know you've gone before too, and and that is one that I even thought of. You know, months ago in this that I thought, well, you know, it would be a shame. There are a lot of bowls that could probably go away and should probably go away, but it would be a shame to see a game like that go away. That's, I mean, because it's such a, it's a small town, uh, you know, the, the city just kind of comes to a stop on the day of that game. And it's always New Year's Eve, and, it, you know, there's there's something kind of romantic about that, and, and I, I would hate to see that one sacrificed. Well, and the other part is, it's, and I think this matters, it's always been the Sun Bowl. It might be yeah. a sponsor right. plus the Sun Bowl. Right, right, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's nice too, yeah, no, I... You know, there's there's a lot of games. I mean, I have great memories, and I know you do too of the Copper Bowl, which is now the what's it called? Uh, well, it was the Cheez It Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. But it, now it's got another new name because Cheez It went to another game. Um, but you know, could that bowl go away? Yeah. Well, uh, when, I mean, look, when had, sponsors start jumping, right? You, you and know, they jumped you get, a lot. Well, you get into this whole Cleveland Browns thing of well, is it the Browns record or the Ravens record? Is it the Cheez It Bowl <laughs> record? <laughs> You know. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because they they are now the sponsor of one of the games in Orlando, and there we go. There's another thing. There should not be multiple games in one city, or at one stadium, especially. Like you know, one city. Okay, maybe I guess if there's you know the Orange Bowl and whatever. But like, do we need multiple games in Orlando? Probably not. I wouldn't think so. But uh, you know, but I I'm mean, not a programmer got- for ESPN's December slate. So well, and that's the thing. That that is a hundred percent the thing. Is yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's good programming, and that's why these exist. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, the Sun Bowl is one that I would hate to see go away. Of the of the non major bowls, and maybe I'm biased because I went to it last year. You know, I probably am. But you know, if you took away the top, the, the New Year's Six bowl games, um, outside of that, I would say the Sun Bowl is one that should be preserved because it's been in the same place for 80 years, you know, like that, it's got some history to it. Yeah. It's had meaningful games historically. I, yeah. And also, yeah. not for nothing, it's pretty centrally located. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, could the, 
Could the game in Charlotte, whatever it's called, the former Belk Bowl, that, that could go away. Could the third game in Miami go away? Could the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl go away? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't think any of us would be that sad to see those go. But I'd hate to see the Sun Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, you know, the Gator Bowl. I mean, the games that actually have some history to them, uh, you know, you'd hate to see those lost. But who knows? I mean, that's the thing. You know, like, did the Sun Bowl withstand a year without a game? I don't know. I'm not sure they could. Well, basically, I think if you can't remember if it's a bowl game still or not. Yeah. Like, it should probably be gone. Yeah, like at one point Hawaii had two bowl games. I, right. I if you ask right. me now, honestly, in this moment without looking, I don't. I think there's still one. There's still one. There's still. I mean, there was one last year. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, I think aptly named the Hawaii Bowl, if I remember correctly. Yes. They used to have different names, but now it's just the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, it was the Aloha Bowl and the, it was the Aloha Bowl. Bowl. Right, right. Yes, because ASU played in the Aloha Bowl a couple times in the. Late nineties, early two thousands. I remember that. Yes, that is true. But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, like, I, I, it's funny that we're having this conversation because I think I told you last year that I, you know, all the bowl games, and I finally just decided, like, okay, I'm, I'm giving up on losing bowl games. We're, we're just going to have, you know, fifty of them. Everybody's going to make a bowl. Just enjoy it. Watch what you want. Don't watch what you don't want. But now we could be looking at the loss of bowls, unfortunately. The funny part to me about this is I was anti-bowl and you were anti-bowl, but not yeah. this way. I wanted not this way. You know, it, I wanted it, common sense to prevail. Yeah. Like I, I wanted common sense to prevail and have it be like, you know, these games should mean something. Let's get back to having maybe 15 or 20 of them where, you know, you only, if you have a pretty darn good season, do you make one? Six and six, seven and five, no. You know, the teams like that should not be going to bowls. You know, common sense was never going to prevail. Unfortunately, you know, Darwinism might, yeah. and uh, and we we might, you know, but it might be that survival of the fittest now. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll find that out. We got a lot of things we're going to learn between now and New Year's Day. We will. We will. We've already learned a lot from March. It was it was 140 days ago, and I know that because they put it up on the NBA game. That you and I talked the day after the NBA shut down, and we've we've learned a lot since then. We figured out a lot, and there's a lot more to still figure out. Yeah, we'll be here to talk about it, and hopefully, well, if you're still listening, you'll be here to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.